This is the Nomad Futurist Podcast, a podcast about the evolution of technology, society, and transformation. Connect with us, share your thoughts with us at nomadfuturist.com. Let's get this started. And we're back. This is Philip Koblenz, your host, just me today, of the Nomad Futures podcast in our continuation of our special series on the Nomad Futures Academy and the inside baseball, highlighting how the academy is coming together and the brilliant and wonderful and clearly masochistic people that have volunteered their time to make it a reality. And I have the pleasure of being joined today by one of our favorites, Emma Grace. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Phil. I'm excited to be recording with you again. So we've had, I think I said this in our little pre-meeting, we have had two people on the podcast before. We have had parents and their children on the podcast before. We have never had mother and fetus on the podcast before. So I assume that means we have one and a half guests with us today. Congratulations. How is everything going? Well, yeah, baby grown's the size of an eggplant at 24 weeks now. You have one and a part human joining you. Amazing. I love it. Eggplant. Eggplant. If you're getting there. It's, it's um, almost, it's, that's pretty much, you're, you're getting pretty big. And the last time you joined uh, the podcast, uh, you were joining us from Texas, I believe. And where are you joining us from today? Today, I'm joining you from Woodbridge, Virginia. So just an hour away from the heart of the data center industry in Ashburn. Oh my God. Just starting in the data center industry, what feels like 10 minutes ago when we had our initial podcast. And now look at you living in data center alley. Two years later in the industry, and it's like a magnet. This place is a magnet. <laughs> it really, really works. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today. So as I said, this is a series that we're doing on the Nomad Futures Academy, which we hope to launch pretty early in 2024, and we wanted to get everyone's perspective. So why don't you first give us an update of where you are in your career? I think when we first discovered you a couple of years ago, fresh out of college, working at Honeywell in sales after interning there, and how has your career progressed? Yes. Good memory, Phil. I am now a community engagement manager at iMiller Public Relations. And iMiller Public Relations is a PR and marketing consultancy firm serving the global digital infrastructure sector for those. Oh, my God. You have practiced that. Incredible. Alyssa runs a tight ship. Oh, she is a great woman to learn from. That's for sure. Oh, my God. A fountain of knowledge and an incredible singer. If you haven't heard her singing, she was an opera singer before she got into that was what she was training to be. I did not know that. Um, if only, if only it was required in the iMiller PR world that you listen to the Nomad Futurist podcast hosted with a special guest, Alyssa Miller. So that's amazing. You've moved on to IMPR, which is different, right? You were in more direct sales and now you are, what, community engagement, more communications and marketing. And refresher, is that what your background is? Is that what you wanted to do initially in school? I want to say your major was, and I have not done a ton of research in preparation for this interview. Was it industrial automation or something? It was industrial distribution. So it was an engineering degree from A&M. And no, my path did not project that I would be here, but I am so glad that I am. It's incredible. So over the course of the last two years, since we had you on, you became an ambassador to the Nomad Futures Foundation, which we certainly thank you for, and taken a kind of leading role in helping us craft a plan forward with the Academy now being an advisor and taking the lead. So can you give us a little bit of background of what that experience has been like? 
Yes. So I started working more closely with the ambassadors throughout the year. And it was just the highlight of my day every time we had a meeting. It really was. So I wanted to be able to do more. And what that looked like was going the extra step to put together a structure, an organization for the ambassadors and those who want to contribute to the academy. And so I got really excited about setting up a process because that's what I love to do. And so I got to work with some great people closely who will also be guests. So maybe I won't spoil their names. You can spoil their names. It's fine. It'll just give someone anticipation. Collect all four. Yes. So Mark and Karen and Sarah, they've been fantastic to work with, really. It's inspiring to be around passionate people because that stirs up that passionate side in you, right? And so we all wanted to see a structure come together. And so we formed four committees, essentially, that would streamline the process for getting the academy up and running. And so I'm head of the Audience Quality Assurance Committee. Do you want me to explain more about? Well, just judging from the title, it makes perfect sense. You are so fresh-faced in our industry. I think when you joined the podcast two years ago, you were the youngest person to ever join us on the podcast. And now uh, your future daughter probably has taken that title away from you. But you are so new to this industry. I think if I'm hearkening back to your podcast, the first question you got when you got to Honeywell was, what is a data center? And I think the reason why we wanted to form an academy and start the Nomad Futurist initiative really was to demystify the data center world, right? And make it accessible to people that might not have experienced it before. So who better than someone who was just in that position to help gauge how we make something accessible to them, how we curate information. But yes, please, in your own words. So when content comes in for the Academy, it goes straight to Mark's committee, which is the Education Governance Committee for approval, and then onto the course structure and scripting committee to organize the content, determine visual assets that are needed. And then it flows down to us, the Audience Quality Assurance Committee, where we're responsible for checking if the course and quizzes are going to be received well by the intended audience. What's, I think, fascinating about it, and you touched on it just there, is this concept of, it's one thing to build just a structure, and Sarah and Chekhov have been unbelievably gracious in helping us create the back end and give people something online that they can upload information to. But what I think is sometimes lost in what we're trying to accomplish is we're trying to create a ubiquity of this information so that folks that have this institutional knowledge, and we talked about this when we recorded with Mark, folks that have this institutional knowledge that have been in our industry for 10 or 20 years and don't necessarily consider themselves teachers can just hand us information that they have knocking around between their ears and allow the committee to create a process by which it is something that can be communicated to the masses so that it makes sense because so many people in our industry are just maybe Communication is not like the top of the list characteristic that someone in the data center industry has. So what you guys are doing is so important and your role in particular, trying to take the stuff that comes out of the other committees and then make sure that it's something that's accessible. I think we talked about at the sixth or seventh grade level so that it makes sense. And to start with a blank slate and try to create something like that from scratch is just an incredible undertaking. What has that experience been like for you? Presumably you don't have experience, like I don't have experience building a foundation and then an academy and a committee structure to curate all those things because we are very much fixing or building the airplane while it's in the air. What has that process been like? What are the what have been the, the things that have surprised you the most? 
So overall, I was really excited for the opportunity to get to review content and organize it in a way, like you said, that's understandable to others learning about digital technologies for the first time. And so the freedom that's come with this blank slate has been the most surprising or thrilling part of it for me, because when that information does come in or content is submitted, we get to decide how it's reviewed, like how we review it, because we might not be the right people. We might not be that intended audience or too familiar with the topic to really evaluate it properly. And so the freedom of ideas to think about, can we get a support group together with the appropriate audience who has kids that are not a fetus that we can get together. <laughs> Is there anyone out there that has kids that are not a fetus? So the freedom part of it to decide how we get to go about it has been my favorite part of the experience so far. Yes. And again, that is a superpower. I see a blank white sheet of paper or a blank white screen if I'm just starting to write a document and it scares the bejesus out of me. It's paralyzing. And I think there are two types of people in the world. There are those people that see the blank sheet of paper and can start articulating what they wanted to say. And there are the folks like me that get paralyzed by it. So to say that we couldn't do this without your superpower is a massive understatement. And Alyssa's lucky that you joined the team. And I think it's just a perfect evolution of where your passion for this career has evolved to. Yeah, well, that, you're very kind, Phil. It's definitely not me. It's the team effort. And it was actually through our committee meeting, which Alyssa Miller and David Freswick are on with me. It was through that initial committee meeting a few months back that I got where I am today in my career. Alyssa offered me the opportunity to speak further on potentially working for IMPR. And that's how this all started was nomad futurist and us linking arms together. <laughs> you might be the first placed nomad futurist employee. Look at that. Incredible. You just break it. You're a pioneer. Breaking ground left and right. From your vantage point in the academy, because the academy is going to try to get to people that don't know what a data center is. It is going to try to introduce this concept. Over the course of the last two years, since you started in this industry, what has surprised you the most that you've learned, either personally or professionally or from the industry as someone with an engineering background? What has really grabbed you and made you so passionate about this industry and moving it forward? I would say... How dare you not have the answer at the tip of your tongue to this random question that I just threw at you? Well, I think about the times I've been most shocked is the ones that normally stand out to me. And so the things that are coming to mind are the amount of conversations I have had with strangers around my age at coffee shops about the data center industry who have no idea what it is. And I was there. I still am half there, still learning as we go. But it's been all those conversations about they don't understand how their device is working that I've gotten to talk to them. And by the end of it, I normally get their LinkedIn or email and send a list that I made. That's a compilation of resources to start getting educated about the data center space if our conversation went well and went that direction. And then I just think like I just wait until the academy is launched and there's one link that I'll get to provide them. It's comprehensive. There's no learning gap. And it's all centralized in one free online platform to be. So that's been one of the most shocking things to me is just how not widespread the information is around people my age. You know what's crazy about it? And I said this when we were on stage at MVLA in, in August. The iPhone came out in 2007, which is the, the big ice-breaking trivial pursuit question that I start many of those talks with. So if you're not making memories for the first three years of your life or so, anyone that was born post-2004 does not really know a world in which the iPhone wasn't not only in it, but their centralized babysitter. 
So we are so good at what we do as an industry that the world doesn't have to know that we exist because it always just worked. And so much of the generation that leads our industry just kind of fell into it. And because we happened to come of age at a time when the internet hadn't been a thing and then became a thing, that's the only reason that fascination is the only reason we got drawn into an industry that we didn't have to feel threatened by because nobody knew what was going on. We were just all learning together. And that just doesn't seem fair that we had that experience because of some random set of circumstances and time. So that's what I see as the most exciting part is to try to allow a curriculum to be developed and explored by kids really of all ages. I think K through 12 is obviously a passion of mine in terms of introducing kids to our industry, but really allowing them through the academy to learn about it in contextually, since they're all experts at leveraging technology because they all grew up with an iPhone in their hands so they understand the apps and how they work, but trying to understand the industry and just at their own pace, following their own passions or whatever brings them interest so that they can find a worst case scenario, become better consumers of technology and best case scenario, find wherever their passion lies within the broad construct of our industry. Man, that was a mouthful. No, it's your specific passion for those ages and those reasons that you just gave. And then all of the other ambassadors' specific reasons. Like everyone has their own passion reasons. It's coming together to work together. And so this it's just an awesome journey to be a part of. Well, again, I thank you so much for all that you're doing. I can't wait to see what 2024 brings to us. And we look forward to meeting Emma Grace Jr. in person. And my God, it's going to be a wild ride in 2024 for a number of reasons. So thank you so much. Thank you, Phil. I'm looking forward to continuing this journey with you. This has been great. Nothing lasts forever. Markets will come back. Currencies will rebound. Businesses will go on. And we will all move on. That could happen next week, next month, or next year. At Nomad Futures, we are confident that those who prepare rather than panic will come out of this stronger. Thank you for joining us. This has been brought to you by Nomad Futurist. Check us online at nomadfuturist.org. And thank you for listening and subscribing as well as your continued support.